Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and you're here for another episode of Student Ministry Matters. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about that idea of connecting with church families. Now, over the past few episodes, we've kind of highlighted that idea of connection. We talked about connecting with our communities. Uh, our last episode, we talked about connecting with God and how important that is. That's just such a vital piece. But as we go forward, working with students, uh, we need to understand that they are a part of a family and that familial system is is vital uh, because they spend so many hours with their family. We need to be able to connect and to pour into those families and to love on them and to help them. Chris, where are you at today? <laughs> well, I am on location today, Dan, again, uh, out of my office. And so I am at uh, Starbucks in Texarkana, Texas. I'm on the Texas side of Texarkana. <laughs> Texarkana is one of those twin cities. It's got half of it in Texas, half of it in Arkansas. And so it's unique in that way. But, you know, I found that um, as as we've been sitting here chatting already, that this this kind of conversation is just normal. People aren't looking at me weird like they used to. Uh, I think we, we, we live in a Zoom type world now and uh, they have no idea that I'm podcasting. They just think I'm on the phone. So if you're listening, uh, whenever you are listening to this, just know that you might have a few extra voices in the background. Uh, just welcome them in to our podcast. today. <laughs> you know, what's fun for us is that we have videos, so we're seeing each other and we don't share that yet on our podcast or YouTube channel or anything like that. But as I look at Chris, I'm seeing the, the clouds float in the background because it's reflecting off of the, the window there to Starbucks. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun as we continue uh, doing this and sharing. We're just coming off of a time with our annual student ministry workers retreat, just so thankful for all that were involved with that. Uh, just a lot of great things happening. One of the great things about our retreat is where we get to have it. We have it at Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas. They host us and have chosen to host us again next year. We're excited about that. Uh, but Central Baptist College is a great place for you to send your students toward. If they're looking for that next step in their education, have them check out cbc.edu. It's challenging, inspiring, engaging. It's all those things as they work on a four-year degree. But perhaps you still need to finish your four-year degree. Central Baptist College has some options for you through their PACE program. So again, just go to cbc.edu. Well, again, we want to talk about connection or connecting with our church families. It's one of those topics that we want to spend some time with, um, that we want to really think about deeply because Family ministry is really 
you can't avoid it. It's it's a part of our student ministry. We love students, so we got to love their families. Um, sometimes that can be a challenge. Sometimes we have parents and families that we may not want to spend a great deal of time with, um, but um, it still is an important part of what we do. And so we want to continue in that process. Uh, Chris, as as we work with our church families, um, there are some hangups. I mean, just some difficulties that we face. Off the top of your head, what are some of those things that you've struggled with as you've dealt with parents? One of the one of the big struggles that I have that is probably universal, I would assume, uh, for anybody in who, who's working in ministry, particularly with parents, is just the the idea of letting the church do the whole discipleship thing. Um, oh, yeah. And, and yeah. letting the church be the, the spiritual influence. And so it's just, uh, we kind of label that as this drop-off culture kind of deal. That That's that's one of the big uh, just hang-ups that I have. Uh, now, it's also, I think, also one of the, the big opportunities that we have to be able to change mindsets, uh, to be able to show from God's Word how uh, the church is... Uh, should be central uh, in in how we go about doing our life together. Uh, this should be uh, our community of faith, uh, not just uh, another activity that we put on our calendar. Um, and so having to shift that mindset among our parents is, um, is challenging, but it's also, I think, really rewarding whenever you start to see it begin to, to change in their minds and know that they are the primary disciple makers of, of their kids. And that, but that also comes with us understanding our role as pastors and as youth leaders that we, we are to be uh, supplemental. We are to be partners with them yeah. in that way. Yeah. And so it's challenging in that sense. I, I would say just another one is, is not just the drop-off culture, but also uh, just if I can label it this way, absent-mindedness. Right. I mean, you just kind of almost apathy. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just you just kind of you just kind of get the feeling like you can communicate, you can send things out there, you can try to get everybody kind of on your on your ship, so to speak. And um, and then, you know, just the response that you get sometimes is like, eh, OK, thanks for trying. <laughs> and I'm just like, OK, you know, and so I think that's one of the things we have to struggle with is this whether they mean for it to be apathetic or not. It comes across that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that that my lead pastor has talked about is that COVID has done this nasty thing. It has exaggerated everything. And so as we've tried to get parents maybe excited about an event coming up or a trip or a mission trip, yeah, I mean, just the list kind of goes on. There's this, eh, you know, (laughs) I've made it this long without this sort of involvement. Do we really need to do it? So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that we struggle with with parents. What I want to start with today, though, is just this concept of the roadblocks that we deal with in trying to to connect with those parents. Uh, there's a lot of issues there. As, as youth pastors, as student ministry workers, uh, sometimes there can be some things that are laid out there that are hard for us to get through until – to, to make an impact for that family. Um, I've got four things listed. The first one is this, there's an age gap. 
Um, in many of our, our student ministry workers, many of you guys listening are, are younger than me. Well, probably most of you guys are younger than me. Uh, but at 49, uh, I'm on the older side. I'm on this, this other side of it. But a lot of student ministry workers are fall into that, that early 20s, all the, you know, all the way to early 30s. Uh, but there's that age gap. So a lot of your parents are in their upper 30s or in their 40s, sometimes even in their 50s, depending on um, when they had had kids. And that age gap can present a little bit of a roadblock on connecting with them and communicating well, because sometimes you're even dealing with different generational boundaries. You know, I'm, I'm Gen X. Um, Chris, you're a millennial. Now we got Zach, um, who's on here with us, and he's a Gen Z, or he may still be a millennial, but he's a very young millennial. So, oh, he's Gen Z. So there's that age gap that's going on. Sometimes that can be a roadblock towards real connection. The second thing that I mentioned is the parental gap. And what do I mean there is this, that many those of those in student ministry don't necessarily have kids or they don't have kids that are teenagers. So you've got somebody who is in their, in their 40s, they've got two teenagers, and then you've got a youth pastor who is in their early 20s who doesn't have any kids or maybe has just a baby or a toddler or something like that. So there's that difference. And that sometimes those parents won't really want to listen to what that youth pastor has to say because they haven't experienced those same things. I remember being at a church in Dallas. I wasn't even serving as the youth pastor. We were expecting our first child and they were saying, well, you don't know what it's like yet. You don't have a, a child. And I'm like, I know what the Bible says about family and about ministry and all that. Well, you don't know what it's like. And then when we finally had a son, well, it's different when you have two. I mean, <laughs> and so sometimes parents can be a little frustrating in that sense. Now, the third thing that I've got listed is this idea of an economic gap. And sometimes when you're trying to connect and form relationship with those parents, those families, uh, there can be a difference because often, let's just be honest, Youth pastors, student ministry workers aren't paid that great in comparison to other roles. They may be the the least paid on a church staff. And then you've got families who the the families have worked hard. They have done those those pieces. So they have more money. They're able to, say, go out to eat. So it, it becomes difficult if you want to say, hey, let's all go out to this dinner. And they, they want to throw out something like, I don't know, Outback or Red Lobster or something like that. And you're thinking McDonald's or Chick-fil-A, you know, that's what you can afford. So, I mean, there's that difference of that economic gap. Then there's the other issue of the vocational gap. Ministry work is just different than other jobs. And sometimes it's hard for those of us in ministry to relate to those that have a, I want to say a normal nine to five job, but that can be a bit of a challenge. There's this ivory tower concept that we can fall into. We go into our office, we study God's word, then we come down out of the tower and to share that with people. Um, but people live in the real world. And um, so a lot of these gaps can stand in the way. They can be roadblocks in in trying to connect with church families and connect with those those parents and those family members. Chris, you got anything to add to those, those type of things that get in the way? Man, I'm not going to add any of your roadblocks, but I do want to say one thing. N- name that second one again. Would you restate that, the second one you mentioned? Sure. The second one I mentioned was a parental gap meaning that you have you have young boys but many in your youth group 
the parents have teenagers. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a that's a big one that we have to think about. But we also just we don't we, maybe we we don't have we never labeled it parental gap before. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a good label for it. But we all experience this to some degree uh, if we've started out in youth ministry as as young uh, as young men, and or if you're just a volunteer, young young ladies uh, who are just helping with your youth group in your churches. When, when you're young like that, it's easy for us to start to feel and even to, to rightly assess that, that people are just kind of looking down on our age a little bit. And uh, I think that's just a natural thing that kind of occurs among people groups. You know, you've got elders uh, or older people who just, you know, can sometimes very condescendingly just say, oh, you young buck, you just don't know yet <laughs> yeah. you know, what's, what's going on. And and I, I just want to give just a piece of advice there, not from a a place of uh, perfection or anything, because I am still young, but also I'm not as young as I, I was eight years ago. That's a profound statement, if you really think about it. That is very profound. <laughs> uh, but you know, when I came when I came to our church, I was and I was 24 years old, and and I, I thought I thought in my mind I was like, man, I'm a I'm an adult. I got a kid, you know, and I'm like, yeah. I, I, I can do this, all this kind of thing. And then and then you realize, man. Especially now, when you start looking back at pictures, you're like, "Why in the world did they hire me?" And <laughs> like, I wouldn't have hired me, and and I don't know if I would hire me now. But the thing is, like, we we have to just kind of, I think, laugh at that, and and also just embrace where we are, um, yeah. because you're going to encounter some people who just who are they're condescending and they're saying, "Yeah, you just you just don't know yet. You you just wait a few years." And you know what? They're right. They might not be saying it in a tone that you like it, but they're right. We don't know everything, and and uh, you get to that. You have to just accept that. Uh, but at the same time, here's here's what I wanted to say. While you can laugh that off and have fun with it, embrace your youth, so to speak. Also, don't forget what Paul told Timothy. He said, "Don't let anybody look down upon you because of your youth." Um, yeah. and, and I think the reason Paul could say that to Timothy was because Paul did not expect Timothy to uh, form his foundation uh, for teaching upon his life experience. He, he expected Timothy to form his foundation for teaching, for reproving, for correcting uh, people within the church at Ephesus. He expected him to form that foundation based on the word of God. And so uh, no matter how old or young we are, uh, our foundation, our standard for living and for teaching, uh, for correcting is, is and always should be uh, the word of God. So while there is certainly a parental gap there, we look, I, I still have it. I have young boys, like you said, Dan, um, and you have kids who are in college. And so you doubt, you know, no doubt have more experience than I do when it comes to the, the parenting side of things. But I would say also on that note, um, while that could be an, an obstacle, uh, don't let it be. Instead, what yeah. I would rather yeah. do is I'd rather lean into somebody like you and say, Hey, I don't know everything there is to know about raising teenagers because I haven't done it yet. I was like, tell me what your experience is. Tell me what your experience is. Help me understand a little bit more. And, and I think that's just part of how we sharpen one another, how we learn. So if I can make any sense of what I'm saying right now, I would, I would encourage those who maybe are experiencing this parental gap obstacle, this roadblock, to, to not necessarily let that roadblock stop you in your tracks as much as I would, I would invite you to lean into your parents and in a, in a very uh, uh, a moldable type of way. 
ask them to teach you a little bit about what yeah. they're going through as parents and so that you can just better understand them and also better understand the teenagers that you're called to minister to. And I think, I think everybody would benefit from that kind of attitude. Man, that is, that is a great word because it, one, it shows our, our parents that we seek to be a person of humility. And that is so important as we go into it, knowing, you know, I, I've met, well, let's, and some of you may be listening, but I've met some youth pastors who are just kind of full of themselves and think they have every single answer. But one of the things that I've learned over the years is that I don't, I don't have all the answers. God's word does, but I don't. And so I want to dig deeper, lean on God's word, lean into that, that age, that parental gap that I mentioned, man, that's, that's good. That's good. Well, it is important that we develop some relationships with our parents, that we make sure that that is a good two-way street so that we can communicate, so that we can pour into them. We've talked before about this idea that there are only so many hours in a week. And so we know that our students are going to spend a great deal of time in that family situation, whether even if it's just they're passing each other in the house, that's where they sleep, that's where they, they go. And a lot of the families are very integrated, meaning that they just, they, they spend all their extra time together and they, and that's a great thing. We, we want to see families that love each other that much. Uh, but it's important that we don't just try to segment our students and put them off here over on the side. Uh, they need to be a part of that family. They're a part of the church. They're a part of our group. Um, those are all interconnected. So it's important that we have some ideas of, of better ways to, to stay connected and, to, to be with those families. And, and I've got a few ideas. I think Chris has got some as well. Uh, the first one that I've got is just good communication of ministry plans and activities. And that's, that's really important uh, for us as we want to get connected with the families. We need to be all about good communication. Too often, we fall into this trap of, well, I sent out an email or I've, I've just communicated one way. I've just said it once and surely everybody heard me. But that's not the case. <laughs> Chris, I think you had some things to add in this area. Yeah, I was just, you know, uh, on that side of things, don't, I, I've, I've felt uh, in the past like I have just over-communicated. And, and I think you can to some degree, but with uh, the amount of information that's coming to every person on a daily basis now through social media, TV, all the kind of outlets that we get information from, I don't feel like we can over-communicate uh, I think sometimes we feel like we do, but I don't think we we actually do. So uh, over communicate to your parents, especially on the front end. Uh, if you got something coming up, if you got events, if you got things that are happening, uh, do the pre work of planning that. Uh, I used to I used to wait until probably three or four weeks out before we'd start some things before I ever communicated it or did some things before I ever communicated it. And I'm not saying that I don't ever follow that trap now, but uh, I've learned the, the value, the benefit of uh, planning ahead of a semester and then over communicating those things to parents. Um, and so, Dan, I think that's a I think that's a great piece of advice as far as communicating goes. By the way, that sounded like I just yeah. com complimented myself. I was not complimenting myself. I was complimenting <laughs> you, Dan. You're the one who said communicate. So great piece of advice to you from you, Dan. I just realized how that sounded. 
That's awesome. Like, good job, uh, Chris. Good job, nice. Chris. Uh, you know, communication, it's vital. If we want to uh, connect with those families, then then we've got to, to take the extra steps. And, you know, we've talked about ways that you can do that. You can text, you can email, you can send a newsletter home with your students in hand, although we know that doesn't normally get with them. I guess we have to pin it to them like they're in kindergarten. Um, but communication, man, we can't do that enough. Um, it's pretty important. The other thing that I want to mention is that if we want to connect with our families, we need to be concerned about this ministry of presence. Um, this idea that we're going to be around. And so if they, if their students, your students that are a part of your ministry, but their students being their children are involved in activities, um, you know, do your best to, to be there. You don't have to be at all of them. But man, make sure that you get a chance. If they have a play that they're going to be in or they have a concert, you know, go, be involved, be connected to that family. And when you're there, be sure to search out the family. Not that you want to do it just to be seen, but you want them to know that you cared enough to show up for this event, this thing that you're going to. So let me ask you, Chris, um, Friday nights in Hope, Arkansas, I know you're part of a Christian school. Y'all probably don't have a football team, do you? Do you? No, but we did co-op last year, and so we had some kids that played football first time. Nice. Okay. So Friday night football, is it a thing involved in your ministry, though? Yes and no. Uh, I mean, so yes, there's Friday night football, definitely, southwest sure, Arkansas. Sure. Um, as far as how it involves me personally right now um, – I don't have so many kids in the youth group or from our church that are actually playing football. I do have a couple, but I do have several now who are in the band. Right. Um, and so, when it comes to when it comes to these activities, I think I think you're you're spot on. I think it's good to, again, we don't want to just be noticed for the sake of being noticed, but we, we do want our, our parents to know, hey, I, I'm here to support. Uh, we want our kids to know, hey, I'm here to support you. That kind of thing. So if I go to an event, I'm always. And sometimes it's awkward and it's fine. You know, I just, I wave at them I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And you know, they'll either, sometimes they'll embrace me. Uh, other times they'll act like they don't know me because you know, the friends around them are like, who's that guy? I'm like, Oh, that's my youth pastor. And so, um, you know, I, I've got all kinds of reactions. And if you're listening to this and you've been a youth pastor for a while, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, um, uh, without going too far off off script here uh the the what i've found is over the time that i've been in youth ministry and and been in in one youth ministry for several years uh is that you know the activities of your kids constantly are changing i've had for instance i've had i've had a group of kids before that were really into golf and so man i was on the golf course a lot um and that was fun for me because I like golf, but now I don't have hardly any kids that are into golf. And so I'm not on the golf course very much. Instead, I've got kids who are in band and I've got kids who are, I've got, I've got uh, a couple of different ones that are really into to acting and drama. So they've got rehearsals and all these kind of things and plays. And so, you know, I think the piece of advice there is just, you know, be present where your kids are present, but also don't feel the need to be at everything. And so I, you have to remember that you now, depending on, how you you are. I mean, I'm a, I'm a young guy with a young family. I can't be at everything. If I'm at everything, then I'm away from my family all the time, right. and right. and I can't do that. So, uh, be present. Uh, let them know that you support them. But 
uh, also, you know, don't feel the need to be everywhere. Well, I think about my own situation. My daughter is in her third year of college. That's my younger child. Love that she's where she's at. And I kind of miss some of those high school years because I was a I'm a band nerd. I mean, at heart, that's who I am. So, and so I was getting to be a band dad, which was different and cool, but I made the decision that I was going to be at those games, especially my son's senior year and then my daughter's senior year. I wasn't going to miss them. If they were a home football game or that was going to be a priority to me. I mean, yes, it was meant that I had to miss some other activities. Uh, They only had one senior year each. And so it is important to make sure that you are investing in your family when they reach that high school age, definitely. But all along the way, you know, Chris has two young, young boys and he's got to be there for them. So it's real important that in that effort to be present for our students and our families and our churches, that we don't neglect our own families. Uh, Man, that's, that's really important. That's our first ministry. Well, the other thing that I wanted to to mention in this conversation was connecting with our church families. And this is just a real practical thing, but send your students actual cards or actual mail. Because if they receive a card from you, more than likely their parents are going to either see it around the house somewhere or they're going to be the ones at the mailbox getting that. And now I don't want to say again, we're not doing this just to be seen, but it shows your parents that you care about them about the student. And it's also great. I mean, who doesn't love getting a card through the mail and just to say, oh, I missed you at this or man, that was a great game. I loved watching you in the band or on this play. I mean, it's just some real, real ways to do that. You can send a text. That's great. Uh, But man, a a card, because there's some actual effort that went through it. You know, and what happens is when you've got these different things that we've talked about so far, all of this builds up to those crisis moments when you're able to step in and love on the family and be there for them at these really tough moments. And that's what it's about. I mean, we want to connect with our families so that we can love them better, so that we can minister to them better. Chris, you got anything else to add to this conversation? Man, I, I think we've covered a, a lot here. I mean, uh, I love talking about this kind of stuff because um, this is what we're called to do is connect yeah. with families. Uh, yeah. We're called to connect with teens. Absolutely. But I mean, come on. I mean, this is we're, we're called to, to minister to families. Um, and and again, either we really do believe that families and parents are the first disciple makers. And if we do that, if we do believe that, then man, this is this is it. This is what we're talking about. And this is good. So I, I love the fact like what you just said, man, uh, sending sending a, a something in the mail to them. I think that's a great thought uh, because. Yeah, I mean, who's who's going to be checking the mailbox? Parents are. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's just a great, I think that's a great thought, Dan. You know, and that's something that I know I don't do enough of as far as just sending sending stuff in the mail like that or thinking creatively out of the box. I think one last thing, practical, practical piece of advice I would give is uh, actually a resource that I use a lot. I think I've mentioned it or we've mentioned it before. It's called Canva, C-A-N-V-A dot com. Uh, they've got a free version. They've got... Uh, paid version. I saw somewhere sometime, I'm going to say this and somebody's going to probably ask me and I, I just know from the front end, I don't know how to do it, but I know that I saw this, I think on a Facebook, a youth pastor Facebook group one time that they, that Canva offers a free, you can get their pro services for free if you're a church. Um, 
And so you might do some digging out there and find that. But anyway, Canva is basically just a content creator. I mean, you go on there and you can create, I mean, all kinds of stuff, Facebook posts, any kind of social media posts, uh, infographics, you know, postcards, all that kind of stuff. But I'll say this here. Here's here's the thing that I've found to be so helpful just recently is they have a uh, a presentation mode where you can basically record yourself presenting whatever material it is you're presenting. So the way that I use this is normally at the beginning of each semester, I, I create a, a, a big flyer handout, kind of an infographic style for parents to put on their refrigerator. And it's got all the different big events that we're going to have, the regular Wednesday night schedule, all that kind of stuff. Right. And I just hand that out to them and we have a meeting and I go over it person to person, that kind of stuff. Well, COVID-19 has changed things. Uh, to where we don't have just meetings all the time. But let's just face it, even before COVID or anything, I mean, those meetings are hard to get people to, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is just hard. And, and then when you're when you're there, you feel like you've got to do too much to make it worth something. So um, this presentation mode within Canva allows me to be able to create the graphic. I've already, I'd already shared the graphic digitally through some messaging apps, but then I was able to record myself just in about five minute video, just going from the top to the bottom. Hey, here's what each one of these things are, you know, and, and just explaining them in detail like I would in a meeting, but now it's in a video and they have it in the message app. They can go back to it if they want to. Um, and it was helpful in that sense. So again, that's just one of the ways that I've, I've found that over, that I over communicate, um, is I create stuff like that, that, that they can attach to a refrigerator, but then also I try to do some kind of creative content to help them know what each thing is. So that's, that's probably the only, uh, the, or the last piece of advice I could, I could give when it comes to just communicating and connecting with families on a practical level. I love that piece. I, I love learning something new. I didn't know that Canva could do that. We use Canva quite a bit for student ministry matters. If you look at our Facebook group or Instagram, um, pretty much every post that has some sort of graphic designed, I, I look at it and see it basically as Photoshop for dummies. And I am the dummy. Yeah. And so <laughs> <laughs> me too. It is super useful. Yeah. And so yeah. there's a lot of great tools out there. Um, just do do the work, you know, get connected with your family. I mean, we believe in this Deuteronomy 6 principle where a parent is to pour into their child. So we got to figure out the best way for us to pour into the parents so that they can pour into their children and that we can have a long-term growing Christian life for our students. We want to see that. Well, again, we're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen. I love that you, you've been a part of this conversation today. Um, we have all sorts of ways that you can connect with us. Uh, info at studentministrymatters.com is our email. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter even. Um, you can visit our website at studentministrymatters.com, and we'd love to connect with you. And so reach out if you've got questions for us. We'd love to to do that. And one of the other best ways that you can help us out is to share the podcast. So share it, like it, review it on whatever platform you're using and let others know as we work together and we do all these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. 
Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.